your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Blues, the playoff preview. As we gear up for the opening round series between the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Both shows part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, thank you for tuning in and making Locked On Wild and Locked On Blues your first listen each and every day. Before we dive into all of the matchups, all of the specifics, everything that could turn the tide for either team one way or the other, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wilds, veteran captain of the show, and uh, here to bring you through what should be an entertaining series between the Wild and the Blues. And I'm joined by one half of the dynamic duo of Locked On Blues, Tommy Welch. Welcome. We have known that this matchup was going to happen for a long time, but now we finally get to dig in and get into the specifics of what should be, what will be, the uh, best series of the first round of the playoffs. So welcome, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on, Seth. It's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, I we're talking about bet online and like betting odds and all that stuff, right? The last time I checked, uh, I think the Minnesota Wild are the favorites. Uh, in the matchup against the St. Louis Blues. So not saying I'm offended, but uh, I'm a little bit offended. You know, I think the <laughs> Blues have a good track record against the Minnesota Wild. And uh, for Bet Online and other betting companies to go out there and say that Minnesota is the favorite. I mean, obviously, uh, the rankings in the season speak to what happened this year. But I don't know. I, I think there's a little chip on my shoulder. So we'll see how that plays into this episode. Um, Bet Online, for what it's worth, has the Blues at plus 135 in this series. So some good value there. And uh, it's going to be just the most epic series that you could possibly have. And so we're going to hit all the angles, both teams. And uh, since the Wild were able to end up winning against Colorado to take home field advantage, we will start at the XL Energy Center um, today when uh, everyone is listening to this. So, Tommy, if you've got some wild questions for me to get the Locked on Blues audience a little more familiar with uh, their opponent, I'm an open book. Okay, so my first question right off the bat is, Blues are obviously one of the deepest teams in the league. Nine 20-goal scorers on the season – uh, I think with the with the trade deadline, the Blues obviously wanted to add to add at the blue line and help on their defensive side of the puck. Um, obviously, it's about, kind of been up and down with Jordan Bennington this season, but they do have Billy Huso to lean on. So, if you were going to pick one facet of the game, any of those three, or maybe something completely off the wall, where do you think the holes lie in this Blues team that Minnesota Wild can pinpoint? and potentially lead them to victory in this series? It's a good question. I think, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the goaltending because I don't get the sense in this series that either team is going to really lock down the opposing offense. You've got two of the best offensive clubs in the entirety of the NHL. And so I think both teams are going to get opportunities to score, and they're going to score. 
the biggest question for me is that Huso really doesn't have the playoff pedigree yet. And so is he going to rise to the occasion or is the moment going to be a little too big for him? Now you've got Jordan Bennington who's been there before. And so if anything were to happen where uh, Huso struggles or, you know, you need to make the switch, you've got a guy that's more than capable of, um, of stepping in. If the Wild are going to win this series, they're going to have to prevent what happened against Vegas last year happening again, where you get a goalie that's standing on his head and preventing the team from getting anything past him. So if they can get to Huso early, they can get to him often. I think that is the biggest opportunity for the Wilds, and I don't get the sense that they're going to truly be able to fully shut down this Blues team. So they're going to need to score some goals themselves. And so if they can get past that goalie tandem, they're going to be able to hang in this thing just fine. Okay, I like that. And so speaking to uh, the goalie tandem that the Minnesota Wild have, Obviously, Cam Talbot's had a pretty good season. You bring in Marc-Andre Fleury for a little bit of added protection. You talk about playoff pedigree. That dude's got about as much as you can ask for. And the Blues this season, unfortunately, did not see a lot of him in a Minnesota Wild uniform. So do you think that could be kind of a wild card for the Wild? (laughs) No pun intended. If they bring in um, Marc-Andre Fleury to face the St. Louis Blues instead of Cam Talbot, or how do you think the Wilds tandem could potentially factor into this series. I think you've got two very different dynamics for the goalie position. You've got Cam Talbot, who has been very steady. He's been a very calming presence in net for this team. He's not a guy that can necessarily like steal you a game like Flurry can, where he's just you know making all the insane acrobatic saves and and truly shutting a team out. But he's very capable of holding good offenses in check. Recent performance for both, I think, leads to Talbot getting the edge. At least that's the way I would do it. But it's a great problem to have, to have a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, who has done it a million times in the postseason and has performed well with the Wild. He did have a little bit of a rough stretch, but uh, that final game against the Avs, he looked great. So I get the sense we'll see both guys. I think at least early on, the Wild will start with Cam Talbot just because when Flurry has been beaten, it seems like teams get to him right away. He had a couple of starts against the Kraken where they scored within the first like two minutes of the game. They scored twice. Los Angeles Kings scored three times early on in that game. And so... That concerns me going into the playoffs is getting jumped by a team right away. So I think they go Talbot to start. But if something happens to Talbot, Marc-Andre Fleury is ready and waiting to uh, to hop in and try to even the tide. I like that. I like that a lot. And so, okay, let's you talk about evening the tide. So I feel like there's uh, been one guy on the Minnesota Wild that uh, has a lot of tides and they're either high or low and it feels like he's on a massive bender right now. And that is Kevin Fiala. Is he is he done with his high tide? Can we safely say that the Blues will be safe from the wrath of Kevin Fiala? Or is this just going to segue into the playoffs and uh, we're going to be on the outside looking in because Kevin Fiala had a four-goal performance and single-handedly beat us? So there's 
it's one thing to be on a heater, but I tried to find a term to go above that. And so I've been saying that Kevin Fiala is on an eliter. Um, he just, he, he's been on an insane scoring pace. He's got like 25 goals in his last 40 games, something like that. And it's just career highs up and down the board and him, Freddie Goudreau and Matt Boldy, you look at that line and you're like, eh, those guys aren't, you know, they're not world beaters, but they just, they've scored on everybody. And that is the biggest difference between last year's postseason and this year's postseason is that the Wild have two elite scoring lines that can beat you. So if you try to shut the Kaprizov line down, the Fiala line is going to have plenty of opportunities. If you try to shut the Fiala line down, the Kaprizov line is going to have their opportunities too. It's a pick-your-poison type approach, but you know Fiala has just the dynamic level of scoring that he's brought is something that I really haven't seen with this franchise before. Um, It's Kaprizov-like. And you look at Kaprizov and what he's done, it is a nightmare combo. He's been all right, I think, yeah, right? He's, he's, he's done all right. It's been a nightmare combo, and so good luck trying to stop both of them because that, that has been the one thing at least through the regular season, the last couple of games. And there have been a lot of teams that have tried. There really hasn't been anybody who has put together a solid formula to slow both of them down. It's usually one or the other. But if those guys both get rolling in this series, it's going to be dicey. So speaking of getting rolling, do you think with how much everyone's talking about the Blues depth and 920 goal scorers and uh, the names they have up and down this roster, do you feel like the the Minnesota Wild are getting kind of the short end of the stick there because they're a pretty deep team as well, but they're not getting the recognition because of their opponent. I, I think that's a great take. And it you look at what this wild team did. I mean, you've got three 20-goal scorers on that top line. You've got Matt Boldy, who played like half the season, and he ended up with 15 goals. Freddie Goudreau has, I believe, 15 goals himself. Those bottom two lines do some different things than just purely score. You've got the Erickson Eck, Greenway, and Felino line, which is the best shutdown defensive line in the NHL in five-on-five. So a lot of times they are being put on the ice to try to slow down an opponent's top line. The Delorier, Duhame, and Jost line is out there to fight. And so those guys, you know, they, they have had scoring opportunities for sure, but those top two lines have really been the only ones that have been carrying... Know, carrying this team. And and not to say that the grief line can't because Erickson Eck had, I think, 26 goals and Felino had 20 himself. So they're capable of scoring. It's just they're doing some different things when they're out there on the ice as opposed to uh, just trying to bury one in the back of the net. So it, it's I think it's a deep, very deep team um, on par with what the Blues have. It's just the Blues have... You know, all these guys that can beat you scoring-wise, and the Wild just kind of attack it um, in some different ways. Yeah, so that being said, uh, if you're betting in this series with the depth scoring uh, that the Blues have and also the depth that the Minnesota Wild have, you definitely need to take the over. And you can do that at Bet Online. 
because betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back with this episode of the Minnesota Wild and the Locked on Blues crossover when we come back. Continuing today's episode, crossover episode of Lockdown Wilds, Lockdown Blues, we call it the Playoff Primer. And uh, this series getting rolling here tonight. Uh, Tommy, I got to ask you, I did, you know, talk about a little bit, the goalie combos. What is your confidence level in Ville Husso heading into the start of this series? Uh, it's pretty high, to be honest. Um, when you take a look at the analytics uh, throughout this season, Ville Husso has been one of the top performing goalies uh, since he started making his serious starter campaign. Uh, and Jordan Bennington kind of, started slowly fading into the background. But even before that, I feel like a lot of people forgot this season that uh, when we were talking about Team Canada and the Olympics, obviously that didn't happen. But um, Jordan Bennington was like number one on that list for starting Team Canada. So he was on a bender and a leader, some might say, uh, at the beginning of this season. But uh, like I said, Vili Husso kind of took the reins and uh, he never looked back. But I think the sample size for Vili Husso and uh, what he's been able to sustain throughout the course of this season uh, is large enough that you feel comfortable with him starting game one in the playoffs. So I know there's been some uh, talk back and forth about who you go with. And I, I get the argument about Bennington with the experience there, but I think with the, with the sample size that Billy Huso had and the season that he put together, he's earned the right to start game one for the St. Louis blues. And I think he's going to do great. I mean, the guy uh, saves high danger chances, like it's going out of style, uh, he's doing exactly what the Blues thought with his uh, projection and being a top-rated goalie. It's going to put us in a difficult position at the end of the season when he's a UFA. But for the time being, I think I think Vili Husso has what it takes to lead a team to the Stanley Cup. Um, and so hopefully if the Blues move on from the Minnesota Wild, he can do that uh, in dynamic fashion. You've got, as you alluded to, all these options that can score. Nine different 20-goal scorers. And I, I, a take that you guys had um, earlier in the season when the Blues were on that uh, just absolute heater that continued all the way to pretty much the end of the year. It sounded like you guys were as impressed, if not a little more impressed, with what this team has done defensively as opposed to you know what the offense has been able to do all season, does that still ring true heading into this postseason series? Is the Blues' defense has it been on par with uh, with what their offense has been able to do? Well, that's that's a very good question, Seth. So we talked about the defense on Locked On Blues the entire season, and the biggest reason is uh, because we didn't trust it. Uh, you lost Petrangelo, you lost Jay Bomeister, you lost so many guys on the defensive side of the puck. Alexander Steen was obviously not a defenseman, but he was a defensive forward through and through. And, um, and then you trade away Oscar Sundquist and Jake Wallman. And so there's a lot of names there that were key parts of 2019 St. Louis Blues that won the Stanley Cup. And the, the biggest uh, impact on that team was its defense. Now we're looking at a team like you said, 920 goal scores and all the, I mean, Jordan Cairo skated faster than Connor McDavid 
at the all-star game, he's on our third line right now. So that tells you how deep this team is. It's just absolutely insane. And it's, it's awesome for blues fans because we haven't seen an offense like this since like, I mean, we're talking like Brett Hull, like Adam Motes, like it has been a long time since the blues were an offense first team, but that kind of frustrates you when you look at the defense, because there's so many times that uh, you're going to end up winning games like six to five or five to four. And you're just like pulling your hair out because there's so many pucks going in the net. Um, so I would say I, I liked the addition of Letty at the trade deadline. I think it helped a lot getting Krug back, getting guys healthy, I think is huge for this team. Marco Scandella lately has been playing out of his mind um, and much more like the player that we looked that he looked like when we first traded for him at the deadline, I think it was last year, uh, partnered up with Colton Pareko and they went on like a 10 game win streak. Since that time, he was kind of lackluster. We were laying into him uh, earlier this season because his play just wasn't there and he felt like the weak link, uh, but he doesn't feel like that right now. And uh, Rosen has come in and been an impact as well. So I think the blues defense since the trade deadline has been a lot better than it was before. And I think that gives us hope as a team, because we know that the offense is going to come out and ball out every single game. Um, just looking at the top couple of lines, I, I had to minimize this window because it actually made me ill. Um, you've got uh, Buchnevich, Thomas, and Tarasenko. you got Brandon Saad, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perrone. And then, like you said, Jordan Cairo on the third line. Of all of those 20-goal scorers, which one surprised you the most? Man, I think you got to go Robert Thomas because I think it, like watching him play over the last couple of years, and it's not to say that I never thought that he'd be a 20-goal scorer, but I, I did not think it would happen this year because I, I think he had like five goals at the trade deadline or something ridiculous. And since that time, he just went on a tear. And he was getting assists left and right, having like four-point nights. And the next thing you know, like the biggest thing for Robert Thomas was always like, if you're in the slot position, if you're in a scoring position, like he's, he's always pass first guy and wants to get that assist. That's great. Like great teammates setting up your buddies, but sometimes I'd love for you to shoot the puck. Like he had, <laughs> he had a very sneaky wrist shot that had a lot of speed on it and a lot of action, but he never really used it. And Jordan Bennington would talk about it uh, on podcasts. I think it was missing curfew. They were like, who has the best shot on the team? He's like, obviously it's Vladdy, but like Cairo and Thomas have good shots as well. And I was like, Oh really? Because, we don't see Robert Thomas very much. Well, lo and behold, the dude's been on a tear and he's not only getting assists, but he's also scoring goals. And when you're a playmaker like Robert Thomas, whose goal is to pass first, when you can shoot the puck and score the puck as well, it's just going to open up those passing lanes even more. So I think, I think that's the most surprising to me, but also, I mean, Ivan Barbashev was a, a bottom six guy as well. And never, I don't think he ever even sniffed close to 20 goals. And I never thought that he'd be, like a scoring threat for this team, but he's had a career year. The dude bangs bodies like no other. I mean, he, I, he's got to be up there if he's not leading the team in hits. Um, and he also has over 20 goals too. So you got all those things combined, uh, the working machine and the cogs for the St. Louis Blues team. It, it, it's got to feel you. It's got to make you feel pretty confident going up against anybody. Uh, final one before we look at some of the true X factors in this series. Um, the final game between these two teams in the regular season featured the Blues getting out to a 4-1 lead, and then the Wild scoring two goals in the blink of an eye twice in the third period to uh, to tie it up and send the game into overtime. 
With the amount of experience that the Minnesota Wild have in overtime games, I believe they are 15, I think they're 15 and 7 in overtime and shootout games this year. And the Blues obviously have way more regulation wins, haven't gone to overtime as much. With the fact that the Wild have so much experience in those types of games, does that concern you at all heading into this series? It does, because I think the Blues uh, record in overtime this year was not the best. And three-on-three hockey is obviously uh, very high stakes, and you're always going to lean heavily on those skill guys because they're going to have a lot of room, obviously. Like, if you send out Fiala and Kaprizov, like, as much as I love the Blues and as much as, like, Tarasenko, Robert Thomas, like, Buchnevich, like, those guys are studs. I don't – I mean, that is a a tough matchup, right? So I think – like initially, if, if the Blues can kind of work the puck and like maintain the puck and get shifts out, like the more lines that they send out there and the more lines that the Wild send out there, I think uh, will benefit them in the long run. But that first line staring down the barrel of the gun at you is it's intimidating to anybody, especially with that much ice. Oh, man, this series is going to be just... There just, might be... You were talking about five of the games going to OT, seven-game series. Yeah, I got a... Surprise. I have a scorcher of a take in that department. And so we'll finish up our crossover episode uh, by t- taking a look at some of the X factors for both teams in this series. Plenty more to come in our pregame, our pre-series crossover between Locked on Wild and Locked on Blues after this. But first, it is the month of May, which means that it is time to get back outside, be active, and uh, enjoy some much better weather. You're going to need to find a go-to snack that you can take with you wherever you're headed. Built Bar is that go-to snack. The best part about a Built Bar is it's both healthy and delicious. You're not sacrificing delicious food just for the sake of eating healthy. With Built Bar, you can truly have both, and it is easy. All you have to do is head to built.com and order your Built Bars now. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, which means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Typically, Built Bars have right around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Your standard candy bar, way more than that. 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So kick your bad candy habit and head to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blues. Once your first listen is done, make sure you check out both shows for as much intel on this series as you possibly can because it's going to be an absolute barn burner between these two teams. Tommy, let's look at some of the true X factors, the swing players, as it were, uh, that could really impact this series. And so if you've got one or two for the Blues, let's start there. And then I have a couple for the Minnesota Wilds that I think will turn the tide too. Well, I think the number one for me, and I think I mentioned it on Locked on Blues, it absolutely, without a doubt, 100%. I think, honestly, the weight of this entire series might weigh entirely on Jordan Cairo's shoulders. And the reason I say that is because 
obviously Jordan Kyrie went on an absolute tear at the beginning of the season. Since that time, uh, he's kind of kind of cooled off, and he he kind of went through something similar uh, last season with the St. Louis Blues. But when when the guy is on, uh, he provides the same impact that Robert Thomas does. It's like like I said, looking down the barrel of the gun, like he intimidates like a guy like Kaprizov, like a, a guy that can blow past you uh, with his speed, can beat you with his hands, can beat goalies with his shot, but he can also pass around you and get teammates wide open. That is what Jordan Cairo brings to the table when he's firing on all cylinders. He hasn't been there lately, but he did score a goal in the last game of the season. So hopefully that gets the wheels turning in the right direction for him in the playoffs. But I think the matchup, on the third line for the St. Louis Blues is going to be huge uh, because I feel like that's the biggest gap uh, personally for me between the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild and where they could potentially uh, exploit the Wild and their depth. So obviously Ivan Barbashev will play a role in that as well, but I think Jordan Cairo has the most potential to make a serious impact, especially in terms of scoring and what he brings to the table. My X factor in this series is... Moose, Marcus Foligno. He was injured in the final game of the regular season against the Avalanche. Yeah, and it looked awful to the point where we're like, well, he's probably done for the year. Um, He practiced this weekend and got some good news from uh, the team doctors to the point where he is probably going to end up playing in game one, which is just the, the guy is just an absolute freak um, and is just playing through some just some unbelievable injuries that he has accumulated over the course of the season. My concern is whether or not he's going to be anywhere near full Marcus Foligno uh, levels because you put him with Jewel Erickson and Jordan Greenway, which seems like kind of a an odd assortment of players, but for whatever reason, when those three are on the ice, they just hit a different level of performance that has locked down some of the best lines in hockey. Wild are going to need him to be on his A game for this series because turns out the Blues have a lot of guys that can score. And so you got to try to slow down, you know, that top line and at least kind of knock them off their game. And then you take your chances with the Kaprizov line and the Fiala line being able to match what the other two Blues lines that are capable of scoring can also do. So Marcus Foligno, I think, is the biggest X factor for me because if he's just kind of a decoy out there, we're going to be able to tell, and the Blues are going to be able to take advantage of that. If somehow he is operating at near full strength, that's a difference maker for this wild team, um, especially one that's going to need a little defense. And then Jonas Brodeen is another one I would throw into. Um, the guys clamped down Connor McDavid every time the wild have matched up with the Oilers. And so he's going to need to do that to one of those guys is just put the clamps on somebody and prevent them from scoring. So those are my, uh, those are my X factors. And, um, all in all, I just I get the sense that this is going to be a full distance, full heavyweight tilt uh, between these two teams. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. It feels like the rest of the hockey world is excited. I mean, you're talking about a first round matchup 
matchup of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, there's a lot of teams matched up in the first round that are absolute studs that feel like they could be uh, round three matchups. And I feel like Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues fit right into that category. But there's one similarity I feel like it's kind of been happening with the St. Louis Blues and the Wild. I feel like every time we play each other, Seth, we're going back and forth on Twitter because we just always beat you guys. And I don't want to say that as like, oh, like in your face kind of thing, but it reminds me a lot of the St. Louis Blues when we would play the Chicago Blackhawks in the playoffs. And every year they'd knock us out. And I'd be like, God, please just let us play anyone besides the Blackhawks any day and we can compete. But lo and behold, we play the Blackhawks one time. We look like we can't, we've never touched a puck in our life, right? But that one goal by Troy Brower will live in infamy in St. Louis Blues lore because it, it, it got the monkey off the back. And we finally beat the dreaded Chicago Blackhawks. And it felt like their relevance since then has just gone absolutely down the toilet. So I'm not going to come out here and say that Minnesota Wild are absolutely going to beat the St. Louis Blues because both these teams are absolutely stacked, right? But if you guys do beat us, I feel like that moment will happen and the emotions will be the same for you. And I'm not going to come out here and say that I want that for you guys, but I'm also (laughs) not going to say that that wouldn't be cool, right? So if the the St. Louis Blues lose to the Minnesota Wild, I'm going to tell you right now, as – host of Locked On Blues. I'm going to be rooting for you guys to go and win the Stanley Cup 1,000%. That's what I love to hear. Um, Playoff futility is something that I really can't speak to because we have a team here in Minnesota that has lost 18 consecutive playoff games to the New York Yankees. And so if you think that that doesn't get in your head, um, it's it, it is it makes the the wild blues um, results over the last you know handful of years it, it just it makes that seem secondary <laughs> when you lose eighteen consecutive games to one team like the wild have not done that they have had plenty of first round exits 2016, 2017, certainly one that a lot of wild fans will remember because it was against the uh, the St Louis Blues. And uh, it was a Blues team that was, I think, a wild card at that point. So it has happened where the Wild have had tremendous amounts of success and then end up losing in the first round. I get the sense that this series is going to be very close because of how those last two matchups went. This wasn't the Winter Classic where the Wild had, who knows, a handful of players out. This is going to be as even as it gets, which is why I'm on record as saying it's going to be a seven-game series. Five of those games are going to overtime. I don't know if I can take that, Seth. <laughs> I hope you're wrong. All in all. heart problems at the end of it. Oh, I'll be, I'm going to be an absolute mess if we even have like one overtime game between these two teams. But all in all, it's going to be an incredible series between these two teams. And so make sure that you are following along with both Locked on Wild and Locked on Blues to keep you up to date through it. Uh, Both shows available as part of the Locked on Podcast Network with new episodes every Monday through Friday. That's going to do it for our playoff preview. We'll have plenty on both shows to get you through this series. We'll probably do some sort of a crossover during the series as well. Uh, lots of options out there on the table. And so make sure, to, uh, make sure to keep up to date with your favorite teams with both shows. 
Enjoy, and uh, we will catch up with you on the newest episode of both Locked on Wilds and Locked on Blues.